Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome in to the CHGO Blackhawks postgame show. Today we are presented by our sponsor, Shift Hockey. Shift is bringing the professional custom stick experience to organizations across Chicagoland. Find out more at shifthockey.com or stop by the shop on the third floor of Johnny's Ice House West. When Shift Hockey is here, that means Nick Felino is coming. He will join us uh, later in the show. As the post-game show is wrapping up, and the post-game festivities are wrapping up, uh, 5 nothing. the Hawks lose to the Avalanche. Uh, I know Nick will not be in the best mood, but I'm sure he'll have lots of thoughts on this one uh, as the Hawks again lose 5 nothing to the Colorado Avalanche, who just looked really, really good tonight. Do us a favor, smash that like button for us. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube page as well. Podcast listeners, follow, subscribe. Like and review, all that good stuff is very, very helpful. And while you're at it, head over to, uh, when the show's over, of course, the What Chaos Show YouTube page and give them a follow as well. They're trying to get a few more followers, so YouTube will allow them to do a 24-hour live stream for the trade deadline, but they have to get over that 4,000 followers hump. Help them do that if you don't already follow What Chaos. Make sure yes, you do it from we there. We need 24 straight hours. Of Pete and DJ, I that, that's going to be that would be amazing, <laughs> amazing, amazing, amazing. I'm glad to see we're still talking about Seth Jones and Patrick Kane. Let it go, people. Let we it are? go. I'm not. That's over. Let it go. Um, well, what I am seeing a lot in the chat is um some uh, questioning of the effort in this one, and what I went through the checklist in my head of things that were wrong with this game. I the effort was not one of them no, in my mind. Effort was fine. It's just really good Stanley Cup championship caliber team versus the exact opposite yes. of that. Yes. The Blackhawks were the better team for about the first 16 minutes of this game. Yeah. And then one mistake. That's it. And you give up a 76-year-old two-on-one to Jack Johnson and Zach Parise. And as our pal Troy Murray said on WGN radio in the, during the intermission, I don't want to harp on Kevin Kurczynski because he had a really good game overall, but yeah. he's, the, he's the guy back there on a two-on-one. Jack Johnson has the puck, and he doesn't take away the pass to Zach Parise. Yep. You've got to have a little more awareness there. Let Jack Johnson shoot it. What if would, he beats yeah. Peter Mrazek one-on-one, you, you tip your cap and say, okay, Zach Parise I know is 39 years old, but Zach Parise is, is a really good hockey player that yeah. scored a lot of goals. You let Jack Johnson, the defenseman, who only scores against the Blackhawks anyway, let him take the shot. Correct me, and maybe someone in the chat will remember. This same thing happened early in this season where there was a two-on-one and – the defender, and might have actually been Korchinski, did what was technically by the book the correct thing to do. Yeah, I, like, and I, I, I think he did the, the same thing today 
technically by the book, you're supposed to take away, you know what I mean? But again, read the situations. Yeah. And again, Kevin Korczynski, spoiler alert, is one of our four-star nominees. We're going to get to that in a second. But this has been one of my criticisms with him all year is he is so literal. He is so by the book. And I think part of that is being a, a rookie, being 19, not wanting to screw things up, and just saying, I have been coached to do this. I will do this, and as I get older and more experienced, that's when I'll start to interpret situations right. more. It's the same criticism as the slingshot, where every time on the power play right. he does a slingshot, he's, regardless of if he should or not. He's going to do exactly what the coaches tell him to, regardless of the situation. And with time, with experience, he'll start saying, oh, i got to react to the situation right. and not just be programmed. You're not an AI bot. You're a human. You can... You can roll with the situation. So that that was kind of a kick in the old groin, and then the second period was just... They're just so effing Every deep. mistake ended yes. up behind Peter Mrazek tonight. Felt like it. Every mistake, and that's what happens when you're playing a team like the Colorado Avalanche. And for the love of Christ, <laughs> can we please... Never see Jacob Magna and Jared Tenorti on the same pairing. I don't want to see them on the ice, but as a pairing, what are we doing here? I know pickings are slim, but I mean, I, I don't just, know. I don't know why Isaac Phillips is up here if he's not going to play. Exactly. If you can't, can't he give you what these he, guys give you? He can make the same mistakes they're making. And learn from them. There's no upside with either and of those are, guys. And people are wondering, and I don't have the answer to it, was it was it Jacob Megno or the referees Peter Mrazek was yelling at on that power play goal? It looked like Megna to me. It did, but it's then, when really I saw, personality but then when though. I saw the replay, I saw that you know Parise got his stick into the glove of... Uh, Marazic to get the puck low, so maybe he was yelling at the ref for, hey, that's interference. He's hitting my glove. Maybe. Or it could have been, hey, 24, what the shit are you doing? <laughs> it's. I thought it looked like, it definitely looked like he was yelling at uh, It did look Magna. like he's yelling at Megna, but that's not Marazic. But, you know, this is a, uh, you know, frustration boils over. I think the frustration... Of of back to back overtime losses to games you probably should have won to the Jets and the Red Wings, they've you know they're they're tired of moral victories and then tonight yeah. you play okay, but you still lose it's still like, five nothing. The, there was a when the Reese Johnson fight happened. I looked at the stat sheets. It was about twenty. It was just past the twenty one minute or the thirty one minute mark of the game. Yeah, just past the halfway point of the game, and I looked. And uh, Miko Rantanen and Nathan McKinnon had a combined one shot on goal at that point, and you were losing three to nothing. Yep. That's well. That, I mean, look, that's there is a uh, moral victory for you, even though McKinnon ended up the game with two points plus two, which is a insane goal. Yeah, but I mean, you know, his goal and assist came on the fourth and fifth goal, so he wasn't right. He didn't beat you. Right, it was Zach Parise and Jack Johnson. But it just shows you, like, they just keep coming at you with talent, and like they're very, very good. They are very, they are Stanley Cup contender. I think they just need a couple of things to fall in line. I think that Parise, uh, 
addition was sneaky good. He think he's a guy that will be yeah. fresh for the playoffs. Yep. Um, you know, I think if they get like one more center at the trade deadline, Tyler Johnson's a center. Um, yes, indeed. They might. They're going to be tough if they if they get the goaltending. They got the goaltending tonight, but you're not going to be facing the Chicago Blackhawks in the playoffs. If, if Gorgiev can make one more save than the other goalie on a nightly basis, they're going to be they're in good shape. Tough to beat. Dallas just added Chris Tanev. They're tougher now because now you get to bump Ryan Suter down. He doesn't have to play as much as he has to play. Dallas is really strong. But, like, to me, the West is wide open. And when you talk about what you need to win in the playoffs, it's that star power, and nobody in the West has it like Colorado. And Edmonton, fair, <laughs> obviously. Yeah. But, like, it's just going to be I – think, I think the Western Conference playoffs are going to be a lot of, like, 6-5 – kind of contest because you saw a lot of that last year that's like where you start to look like you know with ottinger if he stays healthy and connor hellebuck if they stay healthy that's those are big advantages for those two teams it is it it is the, they have the goaltending advantage but as we kind of saw last year it's like goaltending tandems are a thing now and i think that's going to be the trend going forward we saw it with vegas that was more out of necessity because of injuries but you looked at, you know, uh, Florida. Yeah. Alex Lyon started a lot of those games against Boston, and then Bobrovsky found it. Like, you got to have that second guy, even with even with the Blackhawks. You know, 2015, Scott Darling came in and, and, and that, in that Nashville it. series and kind of got things settled, and then Crow got right and took him the rest of the way. Yep. Um, but you got to have more than one goalie these days. I think a lot of teams are like, well, let's get a 1A, 1B instead of that stud. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, I mean, listen, when Colorado won the Cup two years ago, they didn't exactly have, you know, an all-world goalie. They no. had Darcy Kemper back there who was fine. Fine. He made one more save but, than yeah, the guy at the other they, end. They're good enough that if they have a goalie that's fine, they can win. The, the, the Avalanche can beat you 6-5 every night if yeah. they have to. They don't want to, but they can. Yep. Boy, it's a, it's a frustrating loss because it did feel like early on, like, well, you know, it's just a matter of talent. It's a moral victory, but I don't think there's anyone in that room looking at this one like a moral victory, and we'll talk to Nick Foligno in a little bit, like we said, uh, interested in what he'll have to say about this one because, look, like, for the most part, they were right there with the Avalanche. They had some sustained zone time, some good shifts, some good scoring chances. The one Connor Bedard had the crossbar with from an impossible angle. It's like, God, can nothing go in? Taylor Radish had a wide open look, shot it high. There's just so many instances of that happening in these games, and that's the difference. Like, you see <laughs> how Colorado is taped to tape to tape to tape to tape to tape. Like right before Devin Taves scored, Devon Taves, sorry, scored that uh, goal late in the second period, they had three, four, five really good scoring chances because they're able to get it back, corral it, get it through traffic, get it to their teammates and get quality chances on goal. And when, you know, the Hawks get a two on one, the pass is like right behind the guy or it's not on the tape or it's a little out of reach. Those little differences in talent are, they make a world of difference. And I want to say this too. What's it going to take for Connor Bedard to get an effing call? It's ridiculous. It's like, I, I so hate the 
Well, he has to earn it. No, when Josh Manson slashes you on the wrist for no other reason but to break your wrist, that should be a freaking penalty. Yes. And I'm sorry. How come nobody went out there and ran Josh Man- Josh Manson after that? I know Josh Manson's a big, tough dude, but he's hacking at your best player's wrist, trying to cause an injury. That's the only reason for that play. Where's Where's Jared Tenorti there? Where's Reese Johnson there? The next shift, 42 steps on the ice, he should be picking up his teeth from the, yeah. from the ice. Yep. It's the biggest hit of the night was laid by Connor Bedard on Bowen Byram. It's the most noticeable hit I saw in this game. And props to Reese Johnson for dropping the gloves, and we should get to our four stars here. We got a little off track. Uh, he's one of them. Uh, he had 802 of ice time, three hits, and, of course, that fight. Kevin Korczynski with five shots on goal, eight shot attempts, 20-28 of ice time. And Connor Bedard, 21-33. He had one shot, four shot attempts, and one four and lost four faceoffs. By the way, we saw at practice yesterday – um, a lot of the team, but especially like Bedard was really working with Yannick Perot on faceoffs. Those guys are really, they're trying to crack down on it and get a lot better at it. Uh, so they're putting the work in. And, and I think over the last few games, uh, Bedard's faceoffs been have been a little bit better. As, as a team, it's been better. They're no longer last in the league. Hey. Uh, congratulations. They won 57% of the draws tonight. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, Jason Dickinson was 8 of 15. Nick Felino 6 for 6. And Bedard four for eight. Anthony Beauvillier won all. Like, yeah, it's I mean, but then you look at last year, the Blackhawks led the league in faceoffs for most of the year. And yeah, you kind of Bedard. Yeah. So <laughs> Yeah. Uh by the way, the three stars, if you care, Nathan McKinnon with a goal and an assist. Uh Eustace Ananin with a twenty five save shutout, and Zach Parise with two goals in this one. They did change that uh that goal that was originally assigned to Ryan Johansson to uh to Zach Parise. By the way, I had a nice little conversation with our pal uh, Jesse Montano, formerly of uh, DNVR, now with Gorilla Sports, yeah. was uh, at the game today, and we were talking between uh, the first and second period, and he was sort of wondering aloud, like, I wonder if the Blackhawks would be a team that would take on Ryan Johansson's uh, remaining year uh, for a first-round pick and return or something like that. No. Not super interested in that. If he's If the criticism with him in Denver is he's not – working hard enough for the avalanche, what's going to be his motivation yeah. to come here? If, so if you've got a guy that's coasting on nights, you don't want that on a young team, an impressionable team. No thanks. Absolutely not. No thanks. Absolutely not. Yeah, that's uh, – but those sort of trades? Yeah. Yeah, you could or see you, something like that. Or you look at that crazy Chris Tanev trade where Tanev is traded to the Devils and then the Devils trade him to the De- – like that's – probably most likely the type of thing the Blackhawks, the Blackhawks are going to be that third middle team that retains some extra salary to get a third-round pick or something well, like that's, that. Well, that happened today, too, where the Ducks traded Ilya Labushkin uh, to the Leafs. The Ducks get a third-round pick, and then the Hurricanes get a sixth-round pick for taking 25% of Labushkin's uh, salary. Weird that the Canes are picking up yeah, salary this close to the deadline. They're, Are they just not doing anything? I don't know. They're always one of those weird teams. They were just mentioned by Elliot Friedman as calling the Canucks and possibly offering uh, a couple players to get uh, Pedersen. I don't, it looks like Pedersen's about to resign. Right. But the Canes right now have $1.285 million in cap space. So they're not going to do anything incredibly meaningful at the deadline unless they're Who's moving a big there, salary though? back. 
who's out there? This is going to be. Yeah, there's not. This is another reason why I want uh, what chaos to do 24 hours of trade deadline because they're going to talk about one trade. There's not a lot going on. No, like this is these. This is the trade deadline where uh, teams get that guy for like the bottom six, so everybody can be slotted in their right position. Right. There's not a difference maker out there. No, they've, you're right ar- they've already been traded. Those guys. We've already had those big trades. Uh, you know, we had the, that pair of big trades like three weeks ago. Right. Yeah. It's and and you got like Tanev is a big one. Yeah. Um, and. That was like probably him and uh, Noah Hannafin were two of the big name for defensemen on the market, but yeah, there's just not a lot. I don't. I think it's gonna be a pretty quiet deadline. Yeah, because we've already had some big names off the board when, you know, uh, the Canucks go get a lot. Um, Lindholm. Lindholm, yeah. Uh, and there was another one right. They got Zadorov too. Right. Uh, but there was right after the Lindholm trade, there was another trade, and it's 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 skipping my. Memory here because yeah, my brain is fried. Oh, the uh, uh, shit. It was another Canucks trade. No, that was. I'm sorry, that was a Lindholm trade. I'm thinking. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. Whatever. It doesn't matter. It's going to be a. It's going to be a boring deadline. Yes, that's the point. We're getting, um, we're getting way off track because there's not a lot to talk about <laughs> with this game. Well, I mean, it's it's another copy and paste show, and like you know, it's hey, good effort. You tried. You just don't have the talent to score. Rinse, repeat. And, you know, there are some frustrations, and I, I think the one about no one really uh, doing anything with Josh Manson after that blatant slash that looked like it hurt Connor Bedard a little bit, that's an issue. And a lot of people wondering, you know, why Beauvillier is on that top line with, with Bedard and not Nick Foligno or Jason Dickinson. And I can kind of see that. Look, I'll say Beauvillier started this game really well and then disappeared and had a bunch of turnovers, one that led to a goal. Like, I don't know. I, I don't know how he scored 20 goals in this league because he just doesn't generate a lot, you know? Well, he... And it's not like the Vancouver teams he were on were these superstars. He had two shots in this game, uh, one missed shot, and he played 12-43, I believe, aside from Entwistle and Reese Johnson. That is a team low. So he was, for all intents and purposes, probably benched after those turnovers. Yeah, and... It was Sean Monahan to the Jets was that other trade I was trying to Thank think you. of. Yep. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I understand the logic behind that. I know Felino was good on that line, but you have uh, more speed with Beauvillier, um, you know, to, to match up with that. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing Saturday against the, uh, I don't want to call them ass jackets. Our, our guest <laughs> has still some ties to that, but the Blue Jackets. <laughs> Uh, I I'm I'm be I would be surprised if Nick Felino is not on that top line or somebody else. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't think he's going to be there uh, for that. But and Adrian uh, says hopefully a fantasy will be back soon. I, I think it will be soon, but it's not going to be that. I don't soon. think it's Saturday. Um, as I said, uh, if you didn't watch our show Wednesday, shave my um, shaving the carrot. Uh, I it dawned on me that. Athanasiu got hurt in that game in Tampa. Don't say it. November 9th. I hate that so much. That was the last <laughs> time the Blackhawks won a road game. My God. They have not won a road game since Andreas Athanasiu got hurt. So they're going to save him for Monday night in Colorado. He's going to return and they're going to snap. He's going to be their bookends of road wins. He's the glue. He, is it him? Athanasiu's the guy? Apparently. Okay. 
Sure. That is so fucking long ago, dude. That is so Oh my god. That is so Corey Perry was still on the team the last time they won a road game. Oh. Corey Perry had another like two and a half weeks the last time they won a road game. Oh my god. Halloween was a week <laughs> past. Like I still had Halloween decorations on my front lawn the last time the Blackhawks <laughs> won a road game. Oh lordy lord. Well, um, Ryan Miller, not the uh, goalie that we're uh, the Hawks are going to trade Patrick King for. He's not doing much these days. Uh, are any of these skaters besides Bedard, Felino, Kurashev, Dickinson, Korchinski, and Jones guaranteed to make the team next year? No. Uh, I don't see it. I would throw Dickinson. Oh, you have him there. Yeah, of course. Um, I, no, <laughs> nobody's guaranteed. Uh, yeah, out I, of that that group. Um, you, you know. I, I, I mean, Vlasic. Ryan Donato's got another year in his deal. Did he mention Ryan Donato? He'll be on the team. He's on the team for next year. <laughs> There's just a ton of free agents. Tyler Johnson, Bovillier, unrestricted. On. Blackwell, unrestricted. Sanford, unrestricted. I think they might bring Blackwell back. That wouldn't surprise maybe, me. Maybe, but I don't know. You I, can, you can, maybe you bring back Blackwell or. You can find Colin Blackwells. I mean, oh yeah, there are a dime a dozen. You, but I you, think you have future Colin Blackwell, Ryder Rolston in, <laughs> yeah, in Rockford. Point. So that's a good point. Maybe you let him be yeah. Colin Blackwell next year. Uh, Ant Whistle, Reese Johnson, Joey Anderson, Ooh. Boris Kachuk, Taylor Radish, all I restricted bet you Joey, free agents. I, uh, Joey Anderson will be back. He's fine. I mean, that's another guy you can find a dime a dozen yeah, of. Yeah, but, but he, he's really good defensively. Dependable, yeah. That that Dickinson line, I mean, they they go they were out there and for the most part shut down the McKinnon line for most of the night. You're, you you can only you know to, to steal from ESPN. You can only you hope to contain them. You can't stop them. Eventually, yeah. they're going to get their looks, and they did. But they also did really good against the Kane to Brinkett line the last game again until you know they eventually wear you down. Yeah. Uh, I see Anderson back next year. Entwistle probably comes back. The team really likes him. They're restricted guys, but they're guys like Entwistle and Anderson. They they'll probably get brought back, but they're not guaranteed roster spots. I wouldn't think so. I mean, when you've got Doc and potentially Slaggart and, and Nazar, and like you mentioned, Ralston, and like, who knows? You know, they're going to be bringing in some. Free yeah, agents. they'll they'll be Taylor Hall is going to be back next year. Allegedly, remember him. Um, Anthony C is back. back sure. Allegedly, um, they got contracts, so if 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 they can move, they'll be here. So, well, I think yeah. and that's the thing too. Is like we got to remember, as difficult as this season has been, and it has been, this year was not designed to be a tank year. No, it's just how it happened. It's just how it happened because if you've got healthy Anthony healthy Taylor Hall, non Pudwack Perry. Uh, Connor Murphy healthy for the whole year. Seth Jones healthy for the whole yeah, year. Connor that, Bedard healthy for the whole year. If you have that roster you started training camp with not intact, you're still like maybe fifth, sixth, seventh worst. You're not the worst team in the league. You're not a playoff team, but you're no. You're but you're winning more games. Certainly, some certainly. of these one goal games. Like if you had that roster, that Detroit game never gets to overtime. You wouldn't think so, no. Or some of these games that you're losing by one, you're winning because you get that second or third goal. Right. Um, I mean, I, how many like how many games have they lost by 
one or they couldn't get that second goal. Like right. they're just endless. I just the whole time Bedard was out, it was like you're scoring two or one or none. And that was it. Um and and uh somebody mentioned Reichel will be back next year too. Yeah, I mean he, he should be in look so. and if we play the ifs and buts game, if everybody else Christmas. is healthy, Reichel is probably in has a little bit less spotlight on him, a little bit less pressure on him to score. And maybe he does a little bit better to push down in the lineup or playing at least with better line mates for well, the we got a, we majority got a of the year. We got a very good update from Luke Richardson um, today uh, about Lucas Reichel. He was asked uh, about uh, if he's getting any reports from Anders Sorensen uh, about how Lucas Reichel is there. He's had two assists in his, uh, I believe, four games since he's been back. Two assists. Um, you know, the score sheets don't look great for Reichel, but that's not the most important thing. Uh, I have the quote here. I yeah, and Sorensen's not going to blow any smoke. If a guy sucks, no. I'll tell you he sucks. Uh, do, 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 do. Where is it? Wrong one. Stand by. Uh, do, do, do. Here it is. I hate computers. I get yourself a Mac. Yeah, that's not the problem right now. <laughs> uh, I had it somewhere, but I'll, I'll find it. I'll What's read. the gist let's, of it? Let's let's. Basically, he said uh, he's getting good reports from Andre Sorensen saying that he's playing uh, the way they want him to play. He's back to playing with some confidence. He's back to playing aggressive, and while he may not have the the points. He's doing the things they're asking of him, and he looks more like the guy that they had last year. That's exactly what they wanted from him down there. So, um, you know, who knows when they're going to bring him back. My guess is they're going to wait till after the trade deadline, so he's on that AHL roster. So if they want to send him down for the Calder Cup playoffs, they can. Yeah. Because in order to be eligible for the playoffs in the AHL, you have to be on the AHL roster when the trade deadline passes in the NHL. So my guess is they'll, that means he could be back as soon as next Saturday against Washington. Or maybe they bring him up and then send him back down. I don't know. Maybe they don't want him to play in the Calder Cup playoffs. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. It's going to be interesting after, to see After a season it. like this, it may be like, okay, maybe less hockey is better than more hockey. Yeah, just point. take a deep breath yeah. and deal. Uh, all right, let's tell our, our friends about Monster Jam. Uh, and then uh, I'm going to tell them about Empire. We're going to throw a little curveball, Kevin, on the log here. Empire's last because of Nick's not here. I'm going to move shift to Nick's segment, so Empire will be You're here. making my job really hard. Everyone likes the production meetings on the air. It's people's favorite. Are you going to do it like Mario? And I'm kidding. It's not. I'm going to gonna try. Do it like Hulk Hogan. Everybody. You should have heard Big Dave's like an hour. I, I, hours I, not even, I, I know it. I can't compete with him. I think you can. Sean, Sean, Sean's been doing it well on White Sox, even Stucky on Cubs. So I'm not just going to, I have to, I have to do something. So uh, I think we should just start doing it's like name a character and you have to do it in that character's uh, voice. You know something, brother? <laughs> there <we laughs> there go. you go. All right. What you going to do when Monster Jam <laughs> runs wild on you all weekend long at the Allstate Arena? The most unexpected, unscripted, and unforgettable motorsports experience for family and fans in the world today returns to the Chicagoland for just for an general charge weekend at the Allstate Arena <coughs> from March 1st through the 3rd this weekend, brother. 
World's best drivers show off their crazy skills in all-out racing and fierce head-to-head battles for the event championship. <coughs> Engineered to perfection, the 12,000-pound Monster Dam trucks push all the limits in freestyle skills, donuts, mm, donuts, and mm. racing competition. The Arena Series West Champion will receive a highly coveted automatic bid to the Procedure Monsters Jam World Finals to compete for the title of World Champion, brother. <laughs> See the world-class athletes in action, performing the craziest stunts in motorsports. Experience big-time family fun at Monster Jam. Unexpected, unscripted, unforgettable. This is Monster Jam. See it live at the Allstate Arena, March 3rd, 1st through the 3rd, this weekend. Brother. That was good. You all right? I might have a stroke. I I smell. (laughs) gave yourself a hernia. I smell toast. Does anybody else smell toast? (laughs) Pretty good. Pretty good. All right, I see uh, Nick Felino is standing by, so secondary curveball, <laughs> knuckle go curve. Back to the original. Plan. Back to shift hockey. <laughs> Thanks to our sponsor of the Nick Felino appearance on CHGO Blackhawks Shift Hockey. Shift is bringing the professional custom sick experience to organizations across Chicagoland. Give your team the opportunity to build a personalized elite stick for a fraction of the cost, plus work with their designers to create a fully custom stick wrap. Find out more at shifthockey.com slash teams or stop by the shop on the third floor of Johnny's Ice House West. Again, shifthockey.com slash teams or stop by the shop on the third floor of Johnny's West. All right, let's go out to United Center and bring him in. It is Blackhawks alternate captain, Nick Felino. What's up, Nick? Hey, guys. How are you, man? Thanks for doing this after a, oh. a tough loss. Yeah, no, it's... Uh... I was hoping to come in here after a win, so it's a little disappointing right now, but it's uh, it's a good team. So, Yeah, well, we were talking about this before you jumped on, and, and it's kind of been a theme, and I think this is with any rebuilding team. You're looking for moral victories, but I think at some point the moral victory message kind of has to wear thin, right? And guys just, you got to get in that win column. Yeah, and that's that's just the National Hockey League. And, I, and you know, you can throw out any excuse you want, but – I just look at it as, you know, how bad do you want it? How bad do you want to make a difference? And, um, you know, moral victories do suck. They, they you know, this is a year I, I understand. I'm very conscious of, of the learning and, you know, what we're going through as a group. But, you know, there still has to be an attitude and a mindset of, of you know, we want this more than the other teams. And we have to. I mean, we are not in a position as a group to ever take a game lightly, ever take our foot off the gas and, you know, it's disappointing in a game like tonight where, man, our first period was probably one of the better ones I've seen us play, to be honest with you, against a really good team. And, you know, we we have all the momentum and they get a tough one off a, off a, on a two-on-one break and they score. But, you know, it's where you just regroup. You just catch yourself right after that. And it seemed like they just started to roll instead of us just pushing back. That's where we have to understand momentum swings and how to win. And 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 that's what we're working towards. It's, it's, it's hard because you're, you know, I'd say it's like frustration is a useless emotion, but you get frustrated when you see our team not, you know, handle that part of the game that we're trying to grow into where something bad happens, catch it right away. Catch it so you can just get back to your game. And, you know, that's what we've struggled with all year, and it's the reason why we haven't had the consistency that we want. And it's it felt like that first period you guys played so well. And then again, like it, it just feels like such a common theme where – you start the game well, come out flying, ready to go. You know, I, even for a while, you could you could argue taking it to the avalanche a little bit. I think you were 
doubling them up in shots, and it, it actually felt that way too. And then you go into the first intermission down one nothing. It's got to be just it's got to be dispiriting, and you get you know I know you and Luke and and the veteran leadership of this team are always preaching like keep it going, let's go, let's go, stick with it, stick with it. Is there a concern that over time, like these young guys might just get used to losing? That's that's the thing that's got to be concerning. Well, I'm I'm watching that like a hawk because that is <laughs> that's probably the, well, it's just that it is. I mean, you you have to be really careful because losing habits breed more losing habits, and I'm never going to be okay with that, and that that can never bleed into our game. I think the problem is when you're young or when you're a team that hasn't had a lot of success when you're playing the right way, but you're not getting the results, you tend to cheat a little bit. And as soon as you do that, a good team makes you pay. And that's exactly what happened to us tonight, where you cheat a little bit, you, you want to swing because it's like, ah, oh, maybe this is my chance to go forward, make it a little easier on yourself and bang, the other team's coming at you and, and they're mm -hmm. getting their opportunities. And, you know, they just, they, they compounded every one of their goals just because of that. It wasn't anything that we, you know, they did really special. Obviously they made some great plays, but, it was a lot of odd man rushes now and a lot of us being on the wrong side of the puck because now we're almost cheating it. And it's a fine line you walk, right? Like skilled guys can, can get away with it sometimes. You see some players, they, they anticipate where, you know, it's cheating, but it's anticipation and smarts. We're a team that just really can't afford that. We're a team that has to understand we got to play on the other side of the puck all game long. And even even our, you know, our young guys, our Connors and, and whoever else, it's just that's the reality of the team we have. And, and he'll get more opportunities by doing that. You know, it may not seem like it right away, but that's where our group has to understand that all of us, you know, not just Connor. I'm just using him as an example because I know how impactful he wants to be offensively. But, yeah. you know, all of us have to have that where we we play on the, on, on, on the right side of the puck and all of a sudden now those two-on-ones pop up for us. So that bounce pops up for us and we're in the right spot to take advantage of it. So that's what was disappointing tonight is, is – you know, it almost seemed like we weren't quite getting rewarded for the uh, the things we were. Instead of just staying with it, we we you know wavered a little bit, and boom, Color Avalanche who are, who know how to win and have done it for so long pounce and and they don't look back. How f <clears throat> how frustrating does it get? I know frustration is a word that has been thrown around a lot this year, but when it seems like you guys are doing everything right in that first period and you're not getting the goal and then boom, one mistake ends up in the back of your net and it seemed all night long, every mistake killed you guys where, where you guys feel like you have, everything has to be perfect for something to happen. And then you see the other team, you know, I mean not the other team, but it's Colorado. They're one of the best in the league, but how does that frustration mount where you're just like, we have to do everything perfect just to get the scoring chance and, you know, you, you got Zach Parise tapping in pucks left and right yeah. all night long. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, that's the that's the game, though, right? Like, you know, sometimes it looks like, oh, they're getting all the bounces, but you, usually you do a lot of the right things to get those bounces. Like, Zach Parise is on inside all the time. He's around the net. I mean, how we're not, you know, as much as – our team, we, we do get pushed outside a little bit more than we need to be, right? Like, we, I think that's an area that we can get better in as a group. I think we need to be on the inside a little bit more. I think, we, you know, we, we, we tend to get shots, but we're not quite where we need to be in that net front door. We get block shots, so you get, you get a little frustrated. You're always kind of you're tilting your, yourself back to, to the D zone. And, you know, I think we have to have that mentality that these teams seem to have where it looks like the bounces are going their way, but they're, 
they're tenacious around the net there. They know that that's where the goals are scored, especially this time of year. Teams are fighting for trade deadline day, uh, putting themselves in the right position so that their teams are forced to make moves that are going to bring guys in. So it's a dogfight right now. It's not, it's not pretty hockey in a lot of the ways you know, it's, it, it looks uh, pretty because of the positions teams put themselves in, but you know, it's, it's, it's a hard fought game out there and it's, it's, you're fighting for every inch. And I think our team, you know, with that mentality, that kind of plays into our game a little bit more, right? Where we don't maybe have the skill that some other teams have, but we can have that mindset, that tenacity, that 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 f u for lack of a better word that you have to play with around in the NHL and around the net to have success. And then I think that all of a sudden starts to bleed into the rest of the game. And, and now that that attitude, that swagger, uh, is what carries you into some more wins. And 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 you know, now you get on a roll. Well, it's almost like you know that that. At this point, fellas, there's nothing to lose. Like, let's just go out there and and do what we can. And you, you mentioned kind of how you create your own luck, right? It's, I think, and you sort of alluded to it. I know we talked about this last time we had you on. Is the struggle to score leads to trying to be perfect leads to, well, hesitating a second or forcing an extra pass. It seems like lately there's a lot of cycling going on. There's a lot of throwing it behind the net throwing it around the boards, back to the point, back to the – and by the time – like, let's be honest, this team does not have the talent that Colorado has, so it almost inevitably leads to good zone time but no shot attempts or no shots on goal. Yeah. Where it's like – it seemed like when this game started, everybody was just firing the puck. Like, Korchinski ended up with, what, five shots five and shots, eight shot eight attempts? attempts like, yeah. Most of like, that was in the first period. Yeah, like, screw it. I got to lay and do it. But yeah. it feels like that's the start, and then as soon as that goal is scored – it reverts back to the squeezing the sticks thing. How do you break out of that? How can that be communicated? I mean, I think it's just, it's staying with it. I know it's, I I wish I had, you know, less cliche answers for, for you guys, because I know that's so annoying when you listen to, but it is, it's, it's the mindset of it's, it's understanding and valuing the small parts of the game. And our team, we, we do. And then we don't, right. We don't find that it's, it's not sexy. It's not, it isn't, I get it. It's not, it's not pretty, it's not tic-tac-toe sometimes, but it's, you know, pucks in, pucks out. And those areas that that matter, right? Like inside your blue line, getting it out, just over the blue line, it makes a big difference than that team keeping it in. Now you're tired playing defense. Now they're able to kind of start cycling and, and now you're now you're tired. Or is it when you're coming in, is it putting a puck, not just ripping it so the goalie can stop it? Is it putting it into an area you can get it back? And you talked about it, like the shot mentality, it's – there's a reason why, you know, there's shot quality and shot quantity. I played for coaches that like both. There's I had coaches that like shot quantity where they just pepper in the goalie. If we get 60, 70 shot attempts, odds are we're going to score a lot of goals. Or you get mm-hmm. shot quality where the coach is like, you have a mindset of getting on the inside. All right, get on the inside. Let's get more quality of shots. I want I, the, the percentages of shots. If you get inside the house, they go way up. You're going to score a lot more goals. So, we have to decide what team we want to be, but it seems like right now with the skill level that we have, we probably need to be a more of a quality show and it, it works. I mean, it's something Luke's talks about. We, we need to fire more pucks on. We need to be a little bit quicker. You talked about that. It looks a little slow. Like we're one second late. Now the lane closes, right? And it's part of, of not, you know, having the confidence that, that you need to have when you're, when things aren't going well, but it's also just the mindset of I'm going to rip this on net. Everybody's going to crash the net. And you, good things happen. You get one bounce, and it's amazing how the the, the mind just opens up, and and your game opens up from that. So 
I do agree with you. I think, I think it's an area that we can improve and we've talked about and, and it's just, it's like I said, it's not sexy because sometimes you want to, you know, make that backdoor pass to a guy wide open, but you break a team down with enough shots, that backdoor pass opens up eventually, right? They're going to now, Oh, this guy's firing it. I'm taking that lane away. Oh, my, he flips his stick to the wrong side. Now you got that wide open lane. It's what great players do. And there's a reason why shots break down teams and it happens to us, right? You, you start, we're treating and, and, Oh, I'm going to, I got to block this. You, you make a bad read. And now that guy walks around you. So it's an area that we need to improve. And if we're going to get more offense and, uh, and realizing that hitting the net matters too, you know, I think yeah. we don't value that enough. We got to hit the net. We got to get pucks on the net to make the goalie make a save. And uh, it's amazing how many more opportunities you get from that too. Let's do a couple more about this game. Then I want to, I want to ask you about, um, Saturday or Sunday? What is Chelios Day? Sunday. Sunday. One whatever day it was. The Chelios game. Um, but we are seeing a trend, um, and Bears fans are familiar with this with Justin Fields. Uh, star young player not getting calls. There were three or four moments in this game where Bedard was flat out slashed, held, hooked, pulled down, and there's no call coming. And, you know, I, I think you would you would consider yourself an old school hockey player, and there's this yeah whole like, well, you know, young players have to earn their calls. I mean, what more does Bedard have to do to start getting these calls? Yeah, that's that's the frustrating part because I am old school, but I also, I see it. And I remember, you know, Sid, when he broke in, was complaining about slashes. And, and eventually you just learn to fight through it and the calls start to come your way. It's kind of amazing how that works. Instead of you looking for it and the ref seeing it, they – you know, I don't think it's I don't think it's on purpose, but it is maybe human nature. They want to see how you respond to things, and you know, you got you do have to earn your stripes a little bit still in this league. And um, you know, he's a guy that's 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 got the puck and can make things happen. So you know, teams are going to play him hard, and you'd like to see the right calls made on him because it it, it helps us and helps him. And and you know, it's it's the right play, the right calls to make in a game, but it's going to happen. You know, I see it all the time and. Uh, teams are going to play him hard, and he's going to have to fight through that and just learn that. It's 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 a skill that you know great players have all had to play through, right? And and playoffs it ramps up even more. So you can't you can't feel like you're going to get every call. And if you focus on that, I think it actually takes away from your game. So it's something that Connor's going to have to fight through, that our team's going to have to fight through. That I talk about it like you know we're going to have to earn respect in this league from where we're sitting. We're sitting looking up at everybody, right, in the standings. So no one's giving us the benefit of the doubt. No one's saying, oh, this team is, you know, is in the upper echelons yet. Like we, we have to earn and grind and tooth and nail to get that respect. And then once you do, it's, you know, you always wonder why there's certain teams get these calls and it's, they, they've, you know, they've done it the right way and, and, and gotten the respect of the league and the way they played and handled themselves. And, um, you know, that's just the reality of the, of the game we're in. And the other thing I want to ask you about, um, we saw Reese Johnson drop the gloves trying to get a spark going, yeah. but uh, a couple of people in our chat have called it out too. Like Josh Manchin slashes Bedard and he didn't really have to answer for that. Is that something that maybe just in the course of the game wasn't able to be addressed or you're playing him again in a couple of days, <laughs> maybe you take a number, but a couple of people were a little surprised that there wasn't a response to Manson after that uh, shot on Bedard. I actually don't even know when he slashed him. Uh, not uh, even was, kidding. I didn't even know that happened. It was a was it? third third period, I think. Yeah, it was. Uh, he passed the puck, and and Manson just gave him a shot directly on the wrist for no no reason except you know, uh, hmm. in my opinion, you, you, the only reason you're doing that is an intent to injure. 
Uh, it was early third period, I want to say. And he was, I mean, he, he, we, we were already back at the studio. I bet if we were still in the press box, we probably would have missed it too. But ESPN was all, all over it. And obviously, thankfully, he was okay. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I didn't, I actually, I'm surprised I didn't see that. I, I'm not even kidding. I, it was, it was oh, well we, behind the play. He had passed the puck up the ice and uh, then a good second or two after the puck was gone, in comes the stick right on the wrist. Well, that stuff, I mean, that stuff happens. Uh, I mean, we'll, we'll, we get him again Monday, I guess. So we'll see where it goes. Yeah. Well, he's trying to give you a heads up. That's all. Yeah. Thank you. I'll go <laughs> check that out. You, just in case, use the other hand. Yeah. Yeah. There yeah. You go. No, no. We're all, both hands are ready now. We're good. All right. Um, yeah. R.I.P. Yeah. Let's, uh, so let's uh, ball this one up, throw it away. Uh, the Chelios yeah. night was pretty magical. Um, I don't know how much of that you guys were able to take in and kind of watch. I know uh, some of the Red Wings were on a bench, and you guys were on a bench too. Um, and I know Connor was asked about it yesterday by Greg himself, saying, like, when you see that happen, these young players see a guy like that get honored and see the crowd chant his name and see the reaction when they show Sharp and Hosa and Seabrook and Keith on the scoreboard. Like, is that something that you can kind of point to and say, hey, if things go right, like, that could be Korchinski. Bedard, like someday that could be you or this whole team. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It's got to be inspiring, I would think. Well, absolutely. And I think what I actually take away from it is look what happens when you commit yourself fully to an organization like Chris Chelios did here and, and play like, you know, he's a local guy, but he was so ingrained in the team and the community and, and played his heart out for the fans and for the organization that, that's why you're remembered and and now a legend and now hanging in the, in the rafters because you've committed yourself fully to the organization. And I think that's a great message for all of us and all the young players that, you know, a lot of times it's what can this game give to me? What can I, what can, and, and you have to give something back. You have to give something back in order to have your name hanging. And there's sacrifices. There's things that Chris Chelios did for this organization and this team and the time he played that that mattered and people remembered and they understood that he was he was playing for this team and trying to make it the best it possibly could be and you know the thing the people that showed up to, to honor him speaks volumes about the guy he is the you know the the way he was received and um you know I was really special to be a part of I've gotten to know him a little bit he's he's a hall of fame person uh, along with player and you know it's 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 we're lucky to have legends like that in this organization to to kind of look to and and you know admire and and try to you know mimic a little bit so uh it was really special to be a part of that and and witness his name going in the rafters it's it's an honor that um you know you'd be lying if you didn't think you know guys didn't dream about that a little bit you know it's a, it's probably one of next to a stanley cup it's probably the, the next biggest honor you can have in the nhl that they want your name hanging for all of time uh to to signify you know what you've done for that organization and what you've meant to that team and that city and um, you know, I'm really thrilled for him and his family. And yeah, I hope guys definitely take that and, and realize how great this city can be to you. If you commit yourself fully to the Chicago Blackhawks and, and getting this team to, to back to, to where we expect to be. Yeah. I mean, the, the thing about Chelios is, is the guy that was up there making that speech is that's him. Like there was no, that yeah. wasn't an act. He's, you know, what I love too. is like, he, he didn't like, that guy had a good time too. Let's not oh. like, like 
yeah. That's oh, what I know. love. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I, but I love that. Like, it's not to say you got to be Mr. Serious and, and, you know, he had a hell of a time while doing it and still showed up every damn day and, and tried to get better and tried to make the Chicago Blackhawks better or whatever team he played for, for that matter. So, you know, it's a good lesson to guys too, that you don't have to be a robot. You can have a personality, you can have likes and interests outside the game and still be a hall of famer and still be someone that matters. And honestly, it probably makes you more endearing because you can relate to so many more people. And I think that's what Chris Chelios did. He was a real one, right? That's probably one of the best compliments you can give him is he was unapologetically himself and, you know, and enjoyed the spoils of the NHL, but also knew that when it came time to step in on the ice, there was a job to do and, and he was going to do it to the best of his abilities for his team. So um, I love that about him. If anything, I was like, you know, that's, that's awesome. Those, those guys are, are <laughs> gone by the wayside a little bit. And, and, you know, I'd love to hear some more of his stories because the people there, it wasn't just hockey. And I can imagine some late nights uh, and the fun that he would have had. I, yeah, I refer to the, uh, and you'll understand this reference, Bedard will not, uh, those 90s Hawks as Motley Crue on ice. They were, <laughs> uh, you know, on and off. They were rock stars. They were the, like, the 90s Chelios and Roenick and general. Belfort were just, they were the coolest. And I don't know if you heard it, after the ceremony, Chelios met the media and told the story that the day he was traded from Montreal to Chicago, he was in jail. Yeah, the night before. <laughs> Yeah. I didn't know that. He, he, I, I didn't know it. He says it. it we're, we're, we're talking to him after, and he goes, well, it's been a few years, so I guess I could tell you guys this now. The night before I was traded here, I was in jail. Just a street fight. No big deal. What a legend. That's unreal. Speaking of legends. Yeah, they don't make I mean, him like that anymore. Did, were you able to sneak into the atrium and enjoy any of that after party? I did. I was most excited. Uh, I got, I got a picture with Sidney Crawford. That was my. I wanted uh, Eddie Vedder. That was my. My brother-in-law got me into Pearl Jam, uh, so I really wanted to meet Eddie. But uh, that guy's like a ghost. He just pops up in certain places and gone, disappears. But uh, Cindy Crawford was pretty special. That uh, she aged like fine wine. That one there, and just a really nice person <laughs> too. So. Um, yeah, that was one my wife didn't mind me jumping in to get a photo. She got yeah, one too, so we're all good. Yeah, that's, that's Hall of Fame. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the two of us here are, are a little bit older than you, and we were we yeah. were like that that uh, transformative age when she was all over the place. So, <laughs> that's a, yeah, that's, that's a, a way to put it. That's uh, yeah, that was a really really <laughs> elegant way of putting she it. She uh, inspired us in many ways. <laughs> yeah, that's. Uh, that's Hall of Fame right there. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. In its own way, yeah, for sure. Well, I don't know, man. I know, uh, again, a tough night. Uh, I don't know if you can see the chat. I hope not sometimes, and sometimes I think you can. But you have endeared yourself to this city, man. Like, people in here are are raving about you. You say, why didn't we get this guy three years ago and future captain? And they're already putting you in the ring of honor that doesn't exist yet. So uh, keep <laughs> yeah, doing what you're doing, man. This we city lot, is uh, I got a lot more work to do before <laughs> I get anything. We, I want to get this team and like a lot of guys in that room, listen, I, you know, I'm on here, but a lot of guys in that room care and they want this to turn around and we just have to, you know, collectively understand what that's going to take. And it's going to take a lot of work. It's going to take a lot of commitment and, and sacrifice for each other. And, um, you know, we appreciate the fan support and, uh, we, we, we fully intend on doing that. So, um, hopefully they'll stick with us and know that, uh, our hearts are in the right place. Yeah. And I will say too, like we're in the locker room most days, uh, Team still seems loose. Seems like they get along. It seems like a good atmosphere in there. 
you know, I'm, I'm sure that the losing is frustrating. Of course, you guys want to oh, yeah. win, but it doesn't it doesn't have the feeling of a pall hanging over the room. No, you know? this year this year's room feels a lot different than last year's room, uh, just because there's more certainty. Like for the most part, all you guys are are, are going to be here through the end of it. You know, there may be a couple subtractions here or there. Where last year it was. The main storyline was All who's, year. who's getting traded, who when yeah. are they getting traded? So this year there seems to be that that continuity is starting to begin, and that that's a good thing too. Uh, but before we, we we let you go, and thank you so much for being generous with your time. We had a couple mutual friends wanted to say hello. Uh, our pals uh, at the What Chaos show, uh, DJ Bean and, and Pete Blackburn, who you talked to oh, yeah. uh, before the season. We're, we're oh, colleagues. Man. We're all under the same uh, parent company. We're, oh. we're, and uh, we were telling them yesterday, we had them on our show, and we were saying you know, how you're a regular guest. And I said, the next time he's in studio, we're flying in to hang out with him. So uh, I love it. once, once we knock down time. that day, we'll, uh, we'll get Pete and DJ here and, and just – be stupid for we'll have some fun yeah it sounds good to me <laughs> i like it i like it a lot but yeah, no, all right it's always fun talking guys thanks yeah we appreciate it, nick thanks so much thank you all right thanks all right. nick that is nick felino incredibly generous with his time uh we are way behind so let's take <laughs> let's take our second break of the show here uh and i'm going to tell you as you've been watching the show i have been sipping responsibly got about a quarter of it left a nice cold refreshing Coors Light, and boy, are we excited that Coors Light is on board with our show because, let's be honest, <laughs> these uh, losses, we need a drink. They start to stack up a little bit, and the post games get a little stressful, and the chat gets a little out of hand, and that's too far. You know, Pudwakistan is broken out in certain cases in the chat. Yeah, I do like the fact that our chat polices itself It most really times. does, which we appreciate. And we do appreciate that. Um, but sometimes, you know, you just need to take that edge off, and when I need to chill... I grab myself an ice cold Coors Light. Greg's drinking the Coors Edge, the NA, the non-alcoholic, which is delicious brew. It's very good. A wonderfully designed can. It is. It's a beautiful can. And as far as NAs go, this one is uh, it's it's a good one. Yeah, it's love it. Very glad Coors Light is here. Perfect cold refreshment to chill me out, to chill you out during or after a game. And look, a couple of years, we're going to get to those playoff games, and they're going to be stressful. We call it barf cry die time. Little Coors Light, take that edge off before eventual playoff games. And I know some Hawks will be kicking back with some Coors Lights ahead of the trade deadline. A little bit worried that their number could be called. But when you need to chill out the most, grab yourself a Coors Light. It is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged for a smoother finish. When it's time to chill, open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment, crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies, the mountains, not the bad baseball team when it's time to chill Coors Light is the beer we reach for here at CHGO get Coors Light delivered straight to your door with Instacart by going to CoorsLight.com slash CHGO hockey again CoorsLight.com slash CHGO hockey celebrate responsibly Coors Brewing Company Golden Colorado hey are you in the market for a new vehicle well if you are we have got fantastic news for you Our partner, Ray Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram in Fox Lake is celebrating the President's Day sales event all month long for the next hour and a half. (laughs) (laughs) You know what that means? You'll be able to shut. Well, get over there. Hurry up. (laughs) Yes. Get there now (laughs) because you have uh, 
23 minutes to save on your favorite car. This was planned out well. Hey, for a limited time, and when I say limited time, a very limited time, get 20% off MSRP on all remaining 2023 Jeep Gladiator models. That's Russell Crowe's favorite car. They're number one for new vehicle quality among mid-sized trucks, says that fine fellow J.D. Power. And that's not all. Shop their last call. This is really the last call on select Dodge Challenger and Charger models. Dodge is the most powerful muscle car brand, so you don't want to miss out on the last call with over 20 Dodge muscle cars to choose from, brother. At Ray Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram, you'll always be able to shop one of Chicagoland's largest inventories and drive home with more money in your pocket than you'd expect with Ray's Price Promise, and that's a 12 month of the year guaranteed. It doesn't have to. That doesn't expire in 22 minutes. Yeah. Don't miss out. Shop great deals all month long and next month too, because I'm sure you'll still be able to save big because Ray Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram makes buying that new vehicle more affordable than ever. I hope you booked your free CHGO uh, oil change. Yeah. Um, but if you book online at RayCDJR slash service in the next 21 minutes, you could still get your free oil change over there at Ray CDJR. So if you're in the market for a new vehicle, then you have to check out the team at Ray Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Graham, because we're the only one, only team that we recommend no matter what month it is. Visit them today on Route 12 and Fox Lake. For more information, head over to RayCDJR.com, serving the community since 1963. All right, we got some stuff to get to. Let's do some super chats here real quick. Gaming for Veterans says ever since Korchinski was benched in that second period, he's been playing really well. I agree with that. He's been, he's gotten, that was kind of a nice reset for him. Yeah. He's kind of able to get himself reestablished a little bit. For sure, and uh, he's shooting more. He's being aggressive with the puck. That's what he was drafted for. Yeah. Do more of that. All right, then we've got one from Kevin who says, can you guys tell me something to be excited for with this team? I need it. Farm players, free agents, anything. Well, you've got Connor Bedard, who uh, about a third of the league uh, tried to tank their seasons for last year. That's to be excited about. Um, Um, You've got Kevin Korchinski, who's 19, playing major minutes. Uh, on this team and not looking completely lost. Alex Vlasic has already become one of the best defensive defensemen in the game and is looking to add offense to his game. You saw him two or three times during this game, pinch deep. Frank Nazar, Oliver Moore, some of the top prospects in hockey. Yeah, there's plenty of things to be excited about. Yeah, you've got four. If you're a diehard, you can read the rebuild report yeah. every weekend. Well, those are all the things you should be excited about. There's nothing to be that excited about as far as like right now. Except no. for 98 right. and a couple of those young players. but And Philip Kershev's had a really yes. damn good season. It's it's watching these guys take these next steps and develop. That's the excitement. And next season, there's not going to be a lot to be excited about either, except you're going to see these guys move yeah. forward, and you're going to maybe see two or three more young players here. Be excited about the future. It, it's, it's, in, it's heading in the right direction, despite what some people want to say. There's a good foundation being laid right here, and there's more. There's four more first round draft picks coming in the next two drafts. Yeah, there's a lot still to come, and most of the guys who are going to be important when this team is good again aren't on the team yet. And remember, uh, the Athletic published their system rankings 
And we're the Hawks seventh? Seventh, because they no longer and consider that, Bedard a, a... Or, or Korchinski. Or Korchinski, so yeah. A prospect. So they went from second to seventh because you just took those two guys out. Right. And, and you're, you're still seventh without those two. And you're probably going to get bumped up higher because you're going to get a top three pick again this year. Yes. And a second first rounder. And what, three more second rounders? There is so much yeah. to be excited about. I uh, also want to get to a comment earlier from, I think it's Chris Evans... Michael Evans? Uh, no, it was Chris something. Let me go back and find Chris, it one second. Chris, scroll up and something. I'll find his name for you. I know I'm doing. I'm throwing this on you real quick. Uh, keep going. He's been active. There. Nope. Chris, Fowl- Chris Turner. Boss. There it is. Chris Turner. Look okay. through. Look through his. Uh, oh yeah, he you can find his message. He had a. He basically had a message saying, "It's amazing to me that everybody uh, says how crappy this team is, and then at the same time is saying." trade these guys for better players. Like, it can't be both. Right. Either the team blows, or they can't be traded for crappy players. Right. This guy sucks. Trade him for the best player in the league. <laughs> right. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, we'll get to it. It's up there a little bit more. Sorry. It was just a really good point, because there's a lot of craziness going on uh, in the chat today. Is is happens from time to time, but look, real bu- rebuilds take time, and... For the most part, this is going the way it's supposed to. Is Lucas Reichel and his massive step backwards a concern? Yes. But I also think you probably got more out of Kurashev than you expected, right? And so maybe that's a wash. Here it is. Uh, Chris Turner says, I love how everyone is pissed and are trying to make the Hawks into a good team, but at the same time, they think they should trade the entire team. Exactly. It can't be. (laughs) What is it? But look, the players that matter, aside from Reichel, have developed properly or maybe even faster than you thought in the case of Alex Vlasic. For sure. If that continues, great. Yeah. Right? Remember, you got Wyatt Kaiser, who looked really great in the preseason, started strong, went back to Rockford. You got Isaac Phillips, who for some reason is not playing but has looked okay in, in spurts. Del Mastro, Allen down in Rockford. There is a lot to be hopeful about. They're doing this rebuild right. And night to night, game to game, it's going to be frustrating because you're going to have a lot of nights like this. But take a look at Nashville, who's not trading uh, UC Saros. Take a look at the Minnesota Wild, who are not trading Marc-Andre Fleury. And guess what? In four, five, six years, you know where Nashville and Minnesota are going to be? The same place Exactly they are right where now. they are now, in the middle of the pack, with the inability to draft enough talent to get them over the hump, and they're going to be stuck in the middle. And maybe they win a playoff round. Maybe they win two. Maybe they get lucky and go to the conference final, but it's not going to result in Stanley Cups for those teams. No. You want to be, if you want the Blackhawks to be what they were in the 2010s for the first half of that decade, this is the way you do it. Look no further than the Colorado Avalanche, who were historically horrible. Yes, one of the worst seasons ever. Yes. Was it 48 points? Because they rebuild correctly. 48 points they had that I year? I think that's right, yes. And that's, that's it. eight points less than the Blackhawks had last year. Right. And the Blackhawks were bad. I mean, the Blackhawks may not. Well, they're going to get 48 points this year. They had 35, 13 points in 20-something games. Uh, <laughs> these... 
This one against the Astrakets hey, in Arizona. Hey, when when they're and, big four points. When Andreas and Anthony see you is back and they're a road juggernaut again. <laughs> Oy. Yes. The Columbus Blue Jackets are in town. You better win that game. Yes. Sorry. Especially since they spanked your ass seven to one last time you played. Yeah, them. and the uh, and I know that was the Corey Perry game and there was probably a lot of what the F is going on. Whatever. Here. Your brains weren't there. The Coyotes whooped your ass it, eight to one. Yes, too. and they're pl- you're playing the Coyotes who haven't won a game in forever. It's they're thirteen in a row, thirteen, fourteen in, 14 a row. in a row. You play them on Tuesday, so that should be four points. I'm sorry. I know I've said earlier in the year that you should. This team should never expect to beat anybody. But come on, those are two teams that embarrassed your ass earlier in this. You lost to them by a combined score fifteen to two. Yeah, that can't happen. If you got some pride. Go out there and beat those two teams. All right. We got to pay off our segments. Kevin, do we have our four-star ready to be revealed? Let's take a look here. All right. We have Connor Bedard as our fourth star in the chat. He got 45% of the vote. All right. That's fair enough. Uh, Bedard, and we, we should go to Connor's Corner, too. We ready to go to Connor's Corner? Yes, we are. We can just double up these segments. It's beautiful. Another so, Bedard in this one, uh, 21-33 of ice time, one shot on goal. Uh, he had four shot attempts and won four and lost four of his faceoffs, but just very involved today. Um, hit a crossbar with just an insane angle shot. A couple rockets on goal. Uh, he was really fired up and playing hard today. So they're going to start going in for him. They're going to start going in for everybody else. So, um, you know, he did finish a minus three, which has to be pointed out. Um, but uh, it's not his game. <laughs> so there is your uh Four star of the game, and we got to go to Hoosier Hawk, and we had to go to the Blue Lines, per usual. Oh, yep, and I am the winner because I chose Nick Foligno, and he had the biggest blue line for all the Hawks tonight. Not much to say about it. It was an overall pretty bad game, but Nick Foligno was the most uh, gets you up to highest rated player in the game according to HockeyStatCards.com. We gotta we gotta combine our efforts here, Mario. Oh yeah, Mario's starting to get cocky. No, we have become a faction, and we combine our wins now. Yes. Wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We are. We're like the ultimate powers. That's yes. how you do it. Not the ultimate Scott powers. That's different. <laughs> and uh, Clout's asking where Mario is tonight. Mario is taking one for the team, setting up Nick Felino with his laptop. So yeah. Yes, he is um, producing. He, yes, he is our producer at the United Center. He also sent in uh, Luke Richardson and a couple of post-game interviews. We're going to post those on YouTube because we're short on time because of our segment with Nick. So look at the CHGO Blackhawks YouTube page for uh, post-game audio coming very, very soon. So uh, we're off tomorrow. Thank yes. God. I think the Blackhawks are too. I hope so. Um, and, uh, yeah, so no show tomorrow. We'll be back post-game on Saturday. Yeah, no practice tomorrow. So off day. Uh, we'll be back Saturday. Uh, our normal setup. You and Mario will be here in studio. I'll be calling from the United Center. Yep. Hopefully after a win over those pesky ass jackets. And then uh, next week, we're back on the road. Monday, Tuesday, yeah. we're going to do a pre... When was the last time we did a pregame show? It's been show? a long time. It's been a while. So, yeah. Kind of... I, I loved uh, the fact that the Hawks had a home... A month at home, essentially, but... I'm kind of looking forward to them going on the road again yeah. to kind of get like my afternoons back. Yeah, that'll be that'll be nice. That's for sure. Um, before we go, we want to let you know. 
about our friends at Empire today. You need new floors. There's lots of they're you sticky. They look a little worn out. You know, it's it's time. You're overdue. And you know with Empire today, not only do you get shop at home convenience and the right product for your needs, you also get their quick and professional installation and their low price guarantee. Empire today is the best place to get new flooring. So you know what happens when you're the best? Everyone tries to be you, but no one can beat Empire on quality, service, or speed. Empire is the best. They do not carry any junk. And they're not going to promise you the lowest prices because anyone that does that is putting flooring in your home that they would not put in theirs. And if you're not sure, I know it's a big decision. It's a big investment. You can use their virtual floor designer to see how the new floors will look in any space. So want to get some new uh, flooring for your man cave? Snap a photo, use their virtual floor designer, and you'll see exactly what it's going to look like uh, when Empire Today installs it. So schedule a free in-home estimate today. All listeners can receive a $350 discount when they use the promo code CHGO. Restrictions apply. See empiretoday.com slash CHGO for more details. And remember, use that code CHGO to save $350 when you shop at Empire Today. All right. As Greg said, we are back on Saturday. Saturday. Can't wait. We'll talk to you then. Thanks again to Nick Felino for joining us. Thanks to Shift Hockey for sponsoring Nick's segment as always. Thanks to Kevin for running the show. We'll talk to you on Saturday on the CHGO Blackhawks podcast. We all silly like the mayor.